G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Our prayers, of course, are for those who are in Victoria suffering under a second wave of coronavirus infections. Melbourne's been plunged into an unprecedented lockdown and regional Victoria also forced to adopt tougher measures. And most shops will be shut down for six whole weeks except for essential services like supermarkets and pharmacies. It's triggered thousands of job losses and stand-downs. It will affect around 250,000 people, taking the total number of those already stood down or working from home to around a million people. Now, in times of economic uncertainty like these, business owners are needing to remain agile, adapting to the changing business landscape, COVID-19 has forced more and more businesses to enhance their online presence. And many business owners, CEOs and entrepreneurs are looking for new networks and mentors to navigate how they should adapt their business model for the new normal. Well, our special guest today is Peter Irvine, co-founder of Gloria Jeans Coffee. Well, he and his business partner grew Gloria Jeans to over a 1,000 businesses in 39 countries before selling the company for $163 million back in 2014. He knows about business success and he knows about devastating setbacks. He knows what it means to trust God in your business pursuits. Today, Peter Irvine leads Kingdom Momentum Limited supporting leaders in transforming communities and expanding God's kingdom in Australia and around the world. Get ready to really tap into some great wisdom over this coming hour. I want to make a special welcome along to 2020 to Peter Irvine. Welcome, Peter. Well, thank you, Neil. I always love these introductions. I only wish they were all true. (laughs) Let me know if any of that was not true. (laughs) Well, probably most of it. (laughs) Uh, Well... (laughs) Well, let's... Uh, well, let's no, just... sorry, that's unfair. That's unfair. <laughs> okay, no, no false humility here, Peter. Uh, look, even before you got into Gloria Jeans, built the company to a huge operation before selling it off, uh, you were working in uh, in advertising. You started your career, in fact, working in advertising, DDB Needham, and eventually became the managing director. Those were really good learning times, no doubt, for you, but what it was going to be like when you did launch into your own franchising career. Well, yes. I mean, even back then, uh, I was 30 years with that agency. I started at 14, uh, just as a junior. And uh, over those years, I don't know how many recessions, and there were a couple of very severe recessions during that time, and then, there, you know, you lose a client um, and your staff are built, you know, around that sort of level of uh, expenditure or client. Uh, you have enormous amount of media attacks, um, which are mostly were unwell, uh, not well-founded. Um, 
and then you get the Gloria Jeans. And I think when we started, the Australian dollar was about 70, just over 70 cents to the American dollar. And within six months, it went to 46 cents, I think it was. Uh, and when at that stage we're bringing product in, um, you, you can't make any money out of that. And then went through several recessions again. Uh, and then, you know, since that time, there's been global financial crisis and other things, and now the COVID. Mm. Hey, you know, while we're talking business credentials, uh, DDB Needham, uh, advertising industry, in fact, uh, in those days, and giving away your age a little bit here, but uh, the team there at DDB Needham was part of the launch of McDonald's in Australia. So uh, talking about, now as we talk about business credentials and talking about success, uh, that's a significant one too, just uh, being part of or in charge of uh, the way that McDonald's was launched here in Australia. But listen, Peter, there's lots of great credentials we can talk about let's bring this to listeners today and listeners all over Australia but especially those who are feeling the pinch in Victoria right now how are you feeling when you read the the news headlines and you see that you know 250,000 more jobs lost uh, businesses basically shut down for another six weeks Uh, what are your feeling about things that are happening in Australia right now well it's you know it's great to be on the sidelines and having a, uh, a, a, an opinion or offering, well, actually most of the opinions are criticism and not uh, ideas. I mean, I'd hate to be prime minister or premiers. Um, are people doing things right? Um, everything right? Probably not. Um, but we haven't faced something like this. I certainly have, even though I'm 73, I haven't faced anything uh, like this in my lifetime because uh, I wasn't around during the uh, you know, Great Depression. I only hear stories about it from older family and so on and what you read. Uh, so this, this is a whole different thing, especially when you go into what Victoria has now. But there are a few key things to keep in mind. One is, and I'm not downplaying it, uh, it's not forever, Um. For Victoria, they go into a tough six weeks, um, but it is just six weeks. Sometimes we think, uh, and what we do is we camp in the problem. In Psalm 23, it says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the operative word is walk through. And Bob Goff, uh, who wrote the books Love Does, I think he's fantastic, he said, setbacks aren't campsites. And unfortunately, too many business people actually camp in where they are now. And right since March, when all this COVID thing started to happen, I've had, uh, working with uh, John Sycamore on Business on Purpose, uh, with a lot of uh, Christian business people at, at different levels, and also with a lot of other people and different churches I've spoken to, you know, on Zoom and so on, uh, to their business groups, etc. I just say that, uh, you know, what God births in our business and our ideas is going to make happen. And I guess all this came a reality uh, to me when I read Isaiah chapter 48, verses 6 and 7. Isaiah 48, verses 6 and 7. And in the message, it's really good. My wife reminds me to read it from the message. And it says, I have a lot, this is God speaking, I have a lot more to tell you, things you never knew existed. This isn't a variation on the same old thing. This is new, brand new, something new you'd never guess or dream up. When you hear this, you won't be able to say, I knew that all along. 
And elsewhere in Isaiah, um, God says, you know, I'm going to make streams in the wilderness and or rivers in the wilderness and streams in the desert or roads in the wilderness, streams in the desert. Um, and God's all about doing things that are new and breaking through. And, you know, from from a Christian perspective, I'm actually excited by the opportunity this has created for churches and ministries to reach out um, using social media and the internet on a greater scale. And the numbers of people that are becoming Christians and actually coming into church services and and whatever is 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 unbelievably huge. And then for business, I've actually staggered and encouraged by the amount of businesses that have actually got really creative because they've been forced to. Um, let me give you um, let me give you a just a quick list of uh, some businesses that actually started during recessions. Are you interested in those? Yeah, yeah. Give us a give us a rundown. Yeah, uh, Uber, uh, Trader Joe's, which is a, a food vegetable stores network in America. Um, Procter & Gamble, fast-moving consumer goods, MTV, the music channel, Marriott Hotels, Kraft Foods, IBM, Hyatt, Burger King, Chevrolet, CNN, Disney, uh, Denny's, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, which is a big rent-a-car in America, Goldman Sachs' financial sort of market, and maybe even a surprise is Airbnb. Now, that's just a few of the list. Mm. And, and people look at all the big companies in the world and you know, but, you know, they all started in garages, which is leading me to where I want to go. And six of those companies that started in a garage were Apple, Google, Amazon, Harley-Davidson, Disney and Mattel, big toy company, uh, worldwide toy company. So what we've got is uh, people have actually been inspired during tough times to actually reinvent themselves. And when I heard that an electrician um, or a plumber is actually saying, um, FaceTime me and show me what the problem is, so when he comes out, he comes with the part and he's able to fix it in minutes and go. Um, you know, that's when you start to see creative at work or you get hotels around Mother's Day advertising, uh, order a high tea, come and collect it and you can, um, you can deliver it to your mother, uh, uh, you know, a high tea. And then so a hotel drive through bottle shop uh, just close to where I live advertising that through the drive-thru you can buy bread and milk and actually chicken from the chicken butchery inside the shopping centre. You can actually get, you know, in there. And I'm going, well, these people are really thinking uh, a bit differently. And then I started to see not only uh, it, it was in China, but in Australia and America, actually retailers closing some of their stores and live streaming fashion parades um, to their database and others. And then, you know, doing beauty Online and actually have seen phenomenal increases in sales from doing these type of things. Now, I've got a list a mile long of people that have just done things differently. No doubt we'll get to some more things on your list. Let me ask you here, because as we're talking to listeners around Australia, and primarily a lot of those listeners are going to have faith in God, and uh, those who might be feeling it most right now could be those whose business has been shut down and they thought they were doing okay, they thought they were cruising along at a good level, and all of a sudden coronavirus and government regulations, business shutdowns, hibernations, all these sorts of things have now come against them, and they're wondering where God is in all of that. And this idea of changing, of being prepared to make those 
incremental changes that will take you in a different direction. Uh, this is something that that you're big on right now. It's this idea of remaining agile. What are your thoughts for people who are thinking everything's come to an end? Uh, where's God in my experience? How do you how do you assess what's going on right now if you're in real trouble? Well, you know, God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he's birthed something in us, then he's going to make it happen. But uh, maybe we've got set in our ways and we need to rethink. Uh, maybe this is a chance for a new direction. Now, I am really uh, feel sad for uh, travel, particularly though I've got a, a Christian guy I've been helping in the travel industry overseas. Now, they can't make any bookings i mean there's no <laughs> can't fly anywhere can't do anything so you know we've helped him to rescale his business and start preparing um you know for when people can start doing that start creating postcards on these different uh, sites online so people can be inspired by the things they're going to be able to do in the future and looking at how he can create within a state of new south wales like create tours around New South Wales for Italian restaurants you know um, so for people there's a lot of people interested in going to Rome and that sort of thing so just looking at creative ideas so um, things what I've learned in business as much as I would have liked things to stay the same they don't stay the same there is always a growing market and people are researching and they're looking for things and they want to be inspired. So it's really up to us as business people to be inspired. And if God's birthed something, and if we're, if we're going to spend the time with him, I believe he's going to birth ideas, he's going to challenge us. Now, some of these things may be out of our comfort, or actually I'm going to say, will be out of our comfort zone. And so things don't say, unless we change, or if we don't, if we don't learn how to work differently, then it's going to be a difficult time for us. You see, with this COVID thing, um, people have now become accustomed to order by credit card. They've become accustomed to home delivery. They've been accustomed to research online. They've been accustomed to do things that a lot of people didn't do a lot of previously, but they've been forced to do it. So what we've got to work out is, you know, what's the bruise that our customers had uh, have now that we've got we can provide with our service what's the need and how do we go about solving it and maybe you may want to ask how a few companies have done that um, over the years how they've um, changed or innovated or the inward at the moment is pivot pivot to a different direction and uh, and solve the problem or develop new ways of moving forward Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Our special guest this hour is Peter Irvine. Peter leads Kingdom Momentum Limited. And uh, you're welcome to join in our conversation. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You might have your own contribution to make. You can also respond on our Facebook poll today, which asks the question, as COVID-19 moves more of us to buying, selling and doing business online, are you having a good or bad experience? Uh, Peter, let's talk about the online experience for a few moments because this is where we're headed in our conversation. If you can't leave your home, 
Uh, you've got to adapt here into an online space if you want to keep your head above water. Uh, but come back to that question for a, a few moments. Uh, people having a good or bad experience online, what are your thoughts for uh, for the fact that you know not everyone has a great experience? Well, uh, let me give you my, my limited understanding, which is probably good because it's down to it down to the simple parts of online. Um, part of that uh, webinar next week, Jordan Mullen from Thrive Digital, who's running a Christian guy, uh, he has some really good stuff to share around digital. So if you really need help understanding it and how to go about it, because uh, both you know Facebook and Amazon, Google and all those are changing the way they allow you to interact and we don't know about it being novices and I'm certainly in that territory but I've learned learning a lot from him. So one of the stats I found out in the last two days and, and I'll get to answer that question when I read this stat to you 85% of consumers now, this wasn't previously, now conduct online research before making a purchase, meaning salespeople's time is better spent building relationships and providing prospects with helpful information. Um, I found that an interesting factor because about a few years ago, 40% of businesses didn't even have a website. And then most of those spent the few hundred dollars, $500 that was being waved around to have a website. And unfortunately, a lot of businesses still have those type of websites. There's no information, not enough information for what people want today. Uh, they want to interact. They want to you know, colour, size, cost, where do you get it from? Let me tell you, I, I could spend half an hour on a website looking for something and, you know, and still not come out with a satisfactory uh, resolution. So we've got to ask ourselves, is our website, maybe get a, maybe ask five or six honest people, <laughs> you know, to even people that we'd like to target to actually look at our website and tell us, is it providing the information they need? Um, the other thing we've got to do is find someone who really understands. A lot of people think they understand digital marketing and social media, but someone who really understands it and find out what you need to do uh, to actually make it rock for you. In other words, where people will interact and will order because people, I've even seen coffee places who just went in April when it all closed up, there was no business. Uh, some of those started to market think differently, help people how to steam milk, you know, for their lattes and their cappuccinos, you know, on, on their sites and started to see enormous increase in people ordering coffee-making equipment to the market ran out of it at one stage and also beans and cocoa and all the teas and all the other products and actually sustained them right through the whole thing until they were able to even start doing takeaways and, and their business has, has never been better. But they adapted really quickly, whereas a lot of others just closed up and never did anything. So they weren't nimble enough. Mm. Let's stay with websites, and we'll expand some more into some more social media. But uh, websites, what's going through my mind as I'm hearing you talk about this, uh, you're saying a lot of businesses spent the minimal amount on a website and it isn't doing what is demanded of the public today. Uh, the idea of the inexpensive website, thinking I'll save money here because, oh, you know, you can pay a lot of money to get a website developed by a professional. But what you seem to be saying is here is don't skimp on the website. Make sure that the website is, 
a professional level that actually provides that opportunity to interact. Yeah. Now, let me take it a step further because, unfortunately, we have a lot of web uh, website developers and there's always a magic number of what they want to develop a website. And let me tell you, it's, it's not cheap. And so I say to businesses, especially starting out or even just getting going, um, is, is use something um, and, uh, and you know, call it a landing page. And they're not expensive to set up. But you, and I, I put it very simply, which web people hate. But if you're gonna, if you have oranges, you set up a web page on oranges, and it tells you all the different types of oranges, how they're growing, when's best to pick them, and you can use them what recipes, and you can do all that on a web uh, a, a web page, uh, sorry, a landing page, which may be you know around five hundred dollars or something, and you've got everything you need for someone googling and wanting to about oranges. And then later on, you can develop a web page that might have more, uh, a website that has more fruit and has more things. But I have some people who only ever operate with what they call landing pages. Now, I don't want to, uh, I'm moving outside my expertise, Neil, and I'm sure you don't want to do this on the program <laughs> with that sort of detail. Yep. And I'll get Gordon to address that next week. But people can look up, you know, landing pages and what they are. And they're a little bit easier for people to set up themselves. But what my concern is when people do it themselves, they're taking their eye off their job, off their business, off their creativity for their business, and they're trying to become an expert at the wrong things. And and then some people think, I've got a landing page or even got a website. I've even got people who write blogs to post, um, but they don't ever get to post them because they're never perfect in their eyes, or certainly when they do, I've now found out that even Facebook, you, it doesn't go out to everyone on your database. They, they change their algorithm or algorithmics or whatever they call. I have enough problems pronouncing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they change them on me. So what I've never had any hope of keeping up with this. And you need to have the guys that actually understand this, um, that actually can help you make sure your message is getting out to the right people. And apparently just putting blogs or stories up there is not sufficient now because the market is changing so rapidly. So you've got to get hold of uh, someone who doesn't just think they know about it but actually knows about it. Okay, and we won't take uh, your insights to be the technical expert because uh, oh, we'll point knows. people to Jordan Mullen and he's uh, he's your colleague and he'll be a part of that webinar I was talking about a little bit earlier. But Yeah, uh, but and he will be able to recommend some people uh, because he's just a flat chat helping ministries and, and other people now, but uh, he's got people who are cost-effective and, and can really help, uh, he can refer to. But for the, for the big picture here, your insight is absolutely yeah. invaluable, just fabulous. So let's move from websites just to, for a few insights here into social media. This is the same sort of thing. You can do your own social media, but if you are able to engage someone who is a professional social media strategist, someone who has some level of training and expertise in their field and they've got just a knack for being able to really create something out of nothing... That's the sort of person you ought to be looking for? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I think they, they need to understand um, how this Facebook uh, social media works and how that the owners of it uh, are constantly changing the way you can interact and benefit from it. I mean, they're now selling advertising on Instagram and, you know, Facebook. But again, um, you've got to be able to, you know, they'll take all your money 
but I always have a view that it's test and measure. You need to be constantly te- testing, is this working? And it's not, it's not uh, you don't stop because it's not working. Maybe you've got the wrong headline or you need an offer or you're not providing the right information. And, and one of the things I challenge people is if they're Googling something, are you coming up? because you've got the right headline or the right words, you're, the right words being used that actually are what they're Googling. We sometimes think people are going to Google certain types of words, but they're actually, for the same product, are Googling different type of words. And so you've got to find out what are people actually uh, going to. And I remember when we were, um, we were trying to work out how do we get the Christian message out on social media, and we looked up... Um, what uh, we thought or what most Christian organisations would have uh, had in their headlines. And all the only people um, that were there were the Christian organisations. What we discovered is that what people are actually Googling, the only people who found out, um, you know, were some of the sects and they were advertising on there and none of the Christian ministries because they had the wrong words in their landing page or their website or their offer or their blog. Well, fabulous insights, because when we're talking about how business promotes in such a time as this and moving into the new normal, uh, those same principles apply to our churches. And uh, the likelihood is the pastor, if you said uh, the pastor's a little bit like the CEO, the pastor's going to have a bit of a big picture idea, but he's going to need some expertise to to uh, make this sort of happen in a way that is going to be effective. And, and I imagine that there'll be people in nearly every church around Australia who've got the skills, but you've got to tie those skills to the vision of the pastor. Uh, that's going to be an important element here in actually making steps forward here, Peter. Yes, uh, I keep challenging people is, what's your vision for the future? Because you have no vision for the future, as Dr. A.R. Bernard says, you have no vision for the future, you return to the past. And, you know, God's into vision because he said in Habakkuk, get it clear, write it down, speak it out, be careful who you speak it to, because um, there are vision takers and dream stealers um, who don't encourage you. And then Proverbs, without a vision, people perish or lose focus. And you've got to know where you're going. Even when you make short-term decisions on what you're putting on social media, on your web, uh, website or selling or product changes or business changes, they've all got to be, where do we want to be in a few years' time? Because we will, everything will move on from COVID. I'm sure there'll be something else in the future. But the learning and training through this period is going to help you take you through future recessions in another 10 years' time or whatever comes our way. Peter, as we move our conversation into some more practical ways that we can talk about how we might adapt, let's talk about this for a few moments. You like to talk about having times where you start to generate innovation in your business. Give us some insights here. Well... Um, I mean, it doesn't all come from us. I've already talked early on in the interview about God birthing ideas, things that we wouldn't even thought of. And I've experienced that, and I know other Christian business people have. But there are some tools or different things you can do that actually help you to generate this. And uh, one um, one of the companies we all know is IBM, who... Many years ago, many years ago, went through a difficult period because I didn't think there'd be ever be uh, laptops or homes have computers. 
Anyway, in recent times, uh, someone I know has been over there to visit their office and he said it's interesting, they encourage their staff to move between floors of the building by the stairwells and all, all up and down the stairwells are whiteboards. So when people are moving and they get an idea, they just jot it down on the whiteboard. And what's happening is because we all think you sit at the desk and you come up with all these things, but I get the ideas, might be walking on the beach, might be walking around the streets, um, it might be a, a dinner, it might be watching TV, it might be um, whatever it is. And so they get a lot of ideas from people. There's another company who's been doing something for many, many years, and it's called the 3M Company, Minnesota Mining Company, but they call 3M and we use a lot of their products every day. And in, in America, they have well over 70,000 products. I believe it's grown. And it's all based around innovation. And in Australia, when we handled it in my advertising days, they had about 5,000 products then in Australia, which I understand they have more. But they have this uh, principle. They have the 15% innovation rule. It encourages technical people to spend 15% of their time on projects of their own choosing and initiative. This, is, this stimulates experimentation and allows freedom to work on projects which otherwise would not be approved. So that's a 15% rule. Then they have the 30% new product rule. Each division of the company is expected to generate 30% of annual sales from new products and services introduced in the last four years. And then they have a third one, which I'm not sure I necessarily agree with. Um, three Emmas who successfully champion a new product get the opportunity to own it. But I think some people can be good with ideas, but not that good at running the business. But uh, there's two ideas. Uh, when we, um, when McDonald's was going through a, a difficult time in the late 80s with decline in sales and transactions accounts, that's when someone goes to a register and orders something as a transaction account. As an agency, we were under pressure, so we came up with an idea called the uh, Franchisee Discussion Group. So these were held right around the country in each state. And with a moderator, we got someone to go through what's, any idea, because no idea was regarded as a bad idea. And out of that came finally an idea that our creative department came up that revolutionised uh, the direction of McDonald's in people's mind. It wasn't a promotion. It wasn't a giveaway. It wasn't a discount. And it took um, the, the place forward. So I always think that your own staff or family if given the right environment, have ideas and you you take the, the thought that no idea is a bad idea because what it does is actually stimulate another direction which you never would have thought of unless someone's come up with something even weird idea. And um, one of the things I get people to do is what they call the SWOT analysis. And just for your listeners, and, and that is in business strengths, SWOT strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats. So I get people to write out their strengths of their business or themselves and then their weaknesses and then their opportunities. And I get them to focus on the strengths and opportunities. And once they've written those down, opportunities for their product or their business or their church or their ministry, and then I get um, I ask them to go and ask some people to see what other who know them, what other strengths they have. Because often you can double the strengths um, that we don't, always think of ourselves but other people see and the other key thing is the opportunities and it's interesting how people who don't know our business actually come up with ideas that will revolutionize our business we would never have known about but as someone who's not attached to our business or not affected by the way we operate come up with great ideas.
well, the that's... founder of IKEA. Yeah, the founder uh, uh, of IKEA said the single biggest obstacle to innovation is one small word: no. Real innovators turn the nose into yeses. Mm. I was just thinking that if you're having that SWOT analysis, the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities, the threats, and you're having that sort of brainstorming session where you're encouraging everyone to be creative with ideas, uh, very interested in the way that you would invite someone from outside who isn't part of the in-crowd at your workplace and you'd get that objectivity that comes in, and oftentimes someone looking from outside can bring fresh insight. Is that something you encourage, like every time you'd have this sort of thing? Absolutely. I, I, I would do it without fail, with just that, that they go. I say to a guy, go to your wife and get her to put in. Uh, ask her about some of your strengths and weaknesses. Now, I said, you've got to ask people who are going to be honest but fair, because you don't want someone who all they ever think of is weaknesses. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then go to some friendly business people who you know that you admire and ask them to say, with their business, what do you think of the opportunities for my business? And you'll be surprised some of the ideas that come out of that. And then you're faced with the idea that all of a sudden you've got a whiteboard full of fantastic ideas, uh, being able to choose which direction might go and then turning those ideas into some form of action. Uh, any thoughts around actually, because you, know, you can have, have a lot of great ideas and then nothing happens, yep. but uh, what, about, what about turning those into action? Well, the, maybe I can share some of the reasons why uh, companies never go forward with a lot of these ideas or the innovation in a moment. But uh, what I encourage people to do, um, and depends on the size of their business, and we did this with McDonald's and we did it with the DDB advertising agency, and we've done it with we did it with Gloria Jeans a couple of times during the years we were there. We actually got an independent or external someone to come in and actually moderate the session and take all the thoughts and ideas and work with those in the company. Uh, and work it down to what would could be the, if you like, the five key ones, and then work it down to maybe one or two that are worth pursuing. So they're explored from different angles and opportunities. So you probably need someone independent. When you try to do it internally yourself, you know, the past and your own ideas will get in the way. When you talk innovation, Peter, the idea that you might have an innovation time, and sometimes I imagine businesses do this at certain times of the year, uh, but when innovation has to be ready for change that might come in an instant, uh, like a lockdown that's happening now with COVID-19, you've got to make this innovation a way of life. Otherwise, uh, people get set in their ways. Uh, is there a way you can sort of safeguard against the sort of stagnation that can happen or when you're just into a consolidation phase, uh, this idea of keeping things a way of life? Well, let me share a couple of or a few ways that most businesses who want to make changes, innovation, transformations, and they actually fail because the counter to that is... It probably answers the question. Um, sometimes when they get a great idea, they only partially implement it. Therefore, they don't follow the idea right through to its conclusion. So it's more of a, a cosmetic um, decision. Uh, it's almost putting lipstick on it, <laughs> you know, to make it look good. Yep. So that it doesn't actually create the change. Secondly, the team 
are not engaged. If you've got a, a small business, even with two or three people, and they are not engaged with the process, they can tend to um, uh, thwart it or stop it in its tracks. Uh, if the owner or the CEO is not committed, they're only doing this to satisfy stakeholders or, or other people, staff members, and then they're not willing to make the changes. All that I've heard, these are all great ideas, but no, we're going to stick with what we've got, which actually isn't working. Um, and in this environment, most stuff isn't working, so we'll make changes. So you've got to have a level of courage in there if you are leading yeah. a business uh, to say that if yeah. there are creative ideas and they might mean a lot of work and even a lot of yeah. risk, you've got to have a CEO who is committed to moving forward yeah. and doing something different because if you just keep doing what you always did, you always get what you always got and uh, you don't want to be in that situation you want to be agile and you want to be able to move forward hey let's yeah. talk about business because businesses that have different staff and management levels and every business is different of course but i imagine that in a time of crisis like this when you're in the middle of covid 19 you're faced with things you've never been faced with before uh, you are looking at every element of your business and wondering which areas need to be transformed in order to be able to move forward. How do you make that sort of assessment about your own business? Well, what I've started to challenge people in um, that I, I was never sure I was a fan of years ago when someone introduced me to zero-based marketing or zero-based business planning. And what's that? Uh, it simply is you take your budget, you take all the stuff off the table and say, where do we want to go with this business or with this product or with this church? Um, then once you've determined that and the actions, then you work out what do we need to make this happen? And that can be people, can be funds, money. And I had a major ministry last year that I said I would help them put their marketing budget together. So I challenged them. They came back and all he did was add, oh, we're going to print another 10,000 leaflets. We'll up this budget by 10%. I said, that's not zero-based marketing. All you're doing is just uh, you know, adding bits and pieces and you want to double the people you impact in the next three years. This isn't going to do it. So the zero-based approach, what do we want to achieve? Then what's it going to cost us to do it? And a lot of people will say, well, I can't afford, once they work out the numbers, I can't afford that. But actually, you don't have to spend it all now. You can actually, you only need it at certain stages. We think we need all that money right now, but you're actually not going to spend it all now anyway. Um, the other things in terms of the areas you need to look at when you're going to transform your business, which is what we really need to do in this, this time, we need to look at marketing, uh, how we're marketing now. And as you've talked about already with social media and digital, pricing how we price things, could we package things up, even create a higher price and band or package products and services together, which uh, creates a, a saving in people's minds. Our packaging, is our packaging relevant for what we're doing? Uh, warehousing, how we warehouse, working remotely, uh, outsourcing. There's a lot of stuff we can outsource so we don't have to have people full-time. Uh, adding uh, an executive advisory group, I recommend this to a lot of people. What is it? Because uh, they all say, I want to start a board where you be on. I go, no, I'm not joining boards. <laughs> I said, what you need is what I call an executive advisory group. Find two or three people, uh, not that are just family or friends, but people who can bring a real difference to your business and invite them 
you know, you can pay them if you want or you don't have to pay them if they're willing to do it at no cost and you meet occasionally, even by Zoom, and get them to talk through the issues of your business and ideas and opportunities. And the last one is you should look at the ownership of the business. Do I bring someone else in as a partner? Uh, partnerships may not necessarily be financial. They can be many other. We have not time to go into it now, many other ways. But look at the structure of the business. But then you've got to be careful who you bring in. Do they share the vision and values, which is a whole new story. A lot of small businesses, not big enough to have a board that's running it. Uh, but what a wonderful insight you bring when you say that really, and this can apply to any business, any church, any ministry, uh, where you can appoint an executive advisory group and uh, love your insights there. Don't necessarily call it a board, an executive advisory group. And that way you can keep all of these sorts of innovations at the forefront when that group meets. And you can say, well, let's gonna ha- we're going to have that group meet uh, every so often. How, how often would you have that ad- executive advisory group meet uh, that was contributing to your business, Peter? Well, it depends on the size of the business and the activity and what's happening. I would say um, at the least initially, at the least, uh, at the least would be once a quarter. It may, to get started, it might even be every two months or once a month for a short period of time till things are in place and up and going. Um, and the group and the group would decide, not just you, the owner, the group could decide because they're a bit more experienced and they would decide, that if, especially if they're doing it as a volunteer, what they can make available if they're paid. It depends how much you can afford to pay them. But the beauty is you pay them less than you're going to pay for a board member who's next. Every board member's next on the line, you know, under the ASIC regulations. So you've got to pay them more. Wow. But it doesn't matter how big your business is here. You can have that executive advisory group and they can be helping you make, uh, you know, think through the decisions and the directions that you're going uh, in a very, very powerful way. And so you have a choice as to who you can invite onto that group. And and clearly you're going to invite people onto that group who have your best interests at heart and people who perhaps have some expertise that you don't. And you can you can actually adopt that wonderful wisdom into the direction of your business. Hey, when you're backed into a corner, Peter, uh, as at this particular point in time, with what's happening in Victoria, what threatens to happen in other places, New South Wales, uh, Queensland, could be any state or territory, uh, businesses right now backed into a corner and uh, some in worse case than others, uh, what about anticipating the sort of problems that you're going to have when you are backed into the corner and you have to make decisions to move forward, it's going to cost you. It's, there's all sorts of challenges here. What problems do you think are primary to anticipate? Well, I, you know, in your mind, has got to be, you know, how do I survive through this period of time? Now, fortunately, to some extent, uh, the government has helped that with uh, JobKeeper. Um, and one of the issues that's come out of that not so much from the government, is the number of, I'm surprised, accountants who don't un- didn't understand it and advised their people they didn't qualify when, in fact, they did. Um, and you're, if, so uh, there's a number of businesses that would have basically let everyone go but have now got the staff. Even being paid the job keepers, at least they're getting paid. They might only be working three days a week, but it seems to be a happy relationship at this point in time. And I've said to them, use that with your staff 
um, how they relook at their task or their job or the, the business in the area they're responsible for to become skilled, doing a course, trained up, uh, talk to people, innovate, because what you've got to be thinking about is how do we survive now, but when this gets over, like any recession, you want to be in a position to rapidly come out of it. Wow. Hey, I do like to give listeners somewhere to go forward because there's so much more we could talk about, but time's coming to an end in our conversation today. Uh, I do want to point listeners to how they can participate in a webinar that you've got coming up, and you do these regularly and uh, not afraid at all to say to listeners, a great place to get some insight and inspiration as to where you might be going next when you are a Christian believer and you're in business. Well, the Great Business Reset webinar is scheduled for the 11th of August. Uh, That's not too far away. Today's the 4th, so a week away from now. It's going to be on from 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. And uh, you'll be a part of that, Peter, as well as the digital strategist that we were talking about a little earlier, Jordan Mullen. Jordan, who's been a guest on 2020 in an earlier time as well unpacking practical strategies on how to reset your business coming out of COVID-19. Now, uh, it's a significant webinar, and uh, the way that you will be able to book into that and be a part of it, businessonpurpose.com.au is the website to remember. businessonpurpose.com.au. Peter, when you're doing these webinars... Uh, Give us a little insight into the format that you take here and is there a way that you can interact then with people who are participating? Um, Yes, uh, what happens is Jordan, um, he and I have been dialoguing on the questions and topics to cover Um, and what happens is there also the opportunity is the chat section on there where people can post questions and Jordan will feed those in um, and usually at the end... Uh, we create time so people uh, are asking questions more directly. So we try to really get through all the questions that are being asked um, and so no one goes away. And it, the, the, the webinar is free, um, so there's no cost for anyone uh, to be on that. So we're trying to help people. Um, I've got a YouTube channel with 100 video, short videos covering a lot of these subjects um, that are free as well. Um, so there's a lot of stuff around that can actually help you. And, you know, I, I mean, sometimes people don't value anything for free, but uh, we're trying to create stuff to help people through this time, but even ongoing. Well, it is an exceptional opportunity, and listeners might want to jot down the name of that website to go to to register. It is a free seminar, and if you've been gleaning some of the wisdom over this past hour, you'll know it'll be outstanding for your business as to where it's at right now. It's called the Great Business Reset Webinar, businessonpurpose.com.au, businessonpurpose.com.au. Dot com dot au. Uh, just also mention a book that you've written to Peter Win in Business 20 Keys to Catapult You Towards Your Vision and Business and Building Your Business, Your People, Your Life. Of course, that was written pre COVID 19, but the webinar will be really up to date. And I think listeners are looking for something that's up to date, but to draw on those principles of the past, yes, get a hold of Peter Irvine's book. Let me just finish by saying our Facebook question today, which asks As COVID 19 moves us 
to buying, selling and doing business online, are you having a good or bad experience? Well, 72% of listeners say they're having a good experience. 28% say they're having a bad experience. So one in three, not really having a great experience. So as a Christian business owner, uh, being part of the good experience that people have online is going to be a part of your ongoing success. Peter Irvine... Uh, did you have a quick, a quick uh, uh, comment on uh, on that uh, that um, Facebook uh, poll that we've run today? Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> it's all always about the detail um, about behind that and the answers to those. Um, but if that many people are having a good experience, uh, then it shows that there are some successes, a lot of successes out there, which is terrific. Yes, and so uh, let's end our conversation on uh, on the fact that uh, most people listening to our conversation today uh, will be in agreement with the idea of moving into that uh, that online space and digital strategy as part of the way that you might pivot your business. Uh, those incremental moves that will change your direction and reset you in a place coming out of the COVID-19 crisis. Peter Irvine, great getting your insights. Thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil, for the opportunity. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.